0: From the city of brotherly love, this is Shark by Biz with David Strausser. Oops, you did it again. You just arrived to the newest episode of Shark. Biz, I'm your glamorous host, David Strauss, this is your place to learn how to grow a business during complete global chaos. As always, this episode is brought to you by our amazing sponsor, an SAP global platinum partner, Sador, S-E-I-D-O-R. If your business is ready to move off of QuickBooks and take that next step up, automate some processes. Give us a ring and we'll help you all out. Now, let's get back to today's episode. We'll be chatting about sales, social selling and business leadership. So who do we have today? Gary Guyman. Gary Guyman is a serial entrepreneur and business owner. His 30-year career has spanned owning multiple businesses and developing sales and marketing plans to assist other business owners in growing their businesses. Gary looks to help business owners focus on growing revenue with multiple lead sources. Today, Gary owns and operates dnn 8 partners, a digital marketing and consulting company that helps business owners dominate their competition and market. So hey, without further delay, let's bring Gary right on in here. Reach your customer. Gary, Welcome to Shark Bite Biz. You, my friend, you just became Shark Bite. Thanks for having me, man. I'm looking forward to this. I, I'm excited to have you on the show. You're just one of those people with the background that I love to have. It. You know, I like to say this show we do the three G's, which is personal growth, professional growth business growth, and looking at your bio, it seems like you're going to be able to help us out with all three of those areas. Well,
1: I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, definitely one of the more uh, fun interviews I think
0: that uh, I'm going to do. So uh, And I'm ready to roll. Don't jinx us. Don't jinx us. So we have a tradition on this show. Very first question that we ask everybody to kick it off. What's your background? What's your experience? What do you do for a living? You know, basically, tell us how you got there. What makes Gary? Gary. I have been in sales since probably I was 19 years old.
1: I just turned 50 in October. Don't look a day over 49, my brother. I appreciate that. So I got into sales, uh, like I said, 19 years old, looking for a way to, uh, to make a lot of money. That's, that's all it was. I, I, I knew that sales was the way to do it. And um, I live in uh, Northern Kentucky, Cincinnati. Weather isn't the greatest in the winter. And so in uh, early December, I chose to sell lawn care as my first sales job. And um, it taught me a ton of things about how to come objections, how to
0: uh, sell on the phone because it was all telemarketing. Yeah, especially back then, telemarketing was so big. People forget this nowadays, but I mean, you get back into the 90s, 2000s, I mean, it was really pounding the phones.
1: It was. And, you know, there's a lot of people that uh, I've come across in my life that I've witnessed them have their first uh, first job as a, as a phone salesperson, we'll call it. I, I started as a telemarketer. And, you know, I'm sure you had the same situation the first time, like I went through, um training and it was time to pick up the phone and there was like a 30 minute period where i was like "Ugh, call reluctance base, basically is what we call it you know and um but i just remember getting into the flow and actually on the first day i was on the phone i had a conversation with an individual and i had this sales manager that was very tactical in uh helping his team be successful and his he was his goal was that he wanted us to keep someone on the phone for at least 10 minutes. And um, because he thought, you know, if you somebody on the phone for 10 minutes and they talk to you, they're gonna begin to know you. And you know, in today's digital marketing funnel, it's no like and trust. Well, it was the same way over the phone and any other medium that you would sell by, it was the same then. And so someone gets to know you, then they begin to like you and then they trust you enough to buy from you. So the goal was not necessarily to get a sale, but to keep the person on the phone minutes. So how are you gonna do that? You have to ask questions and you have to listen. Right. And um man, I was uh I, I sold lawn care for a little over eight months. And uh it was one of the most uh rewarding jobs because I got that experience. Sale, you know, phone sales experience. Oh, it sounds like you had a great manager that coached you as well. I did. I I, I got the I got exposed to leadership that understood what selling was about, not just getting numbers. Now, I produce numbers. The reason why I left was I found a better way to
0: make more money selling. But, but I want to touch on that manager real quick before you go to your next point. I mean that is so so critical. Like right now I'm the vice president business development sales teams under me stuff like that. Um, with my role with the uh, Sador SAP Platinum partner, but we like if I close a deal for a sales rep, I never take credit for it. I make sure that sales rep gets the credit. I'm trying to build their momentum up. I don't need to take credit for anything because my sales team and their numbers and their results speak for me. And that's how I am. And it sounds like your manager was probably of that sort of mentality as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He wasn't interested in getting numbers individually. He was interested in the team succeeding. He knew that like any leader, if all parts of the team are succeeding, then you're succeeding. Just exactly what you said, basically. And, um, you know, he was real, uh, integral in teaching me the basics of selling. And and I basically have taken that over time and either in companies that I've started or companies that uh, we do business with teach them how to convert leads into customers and then how to present offers that are so valuable that people want to give you a lot of money, which uh, you know, those two things, if you figure them out, you will make a lot of money um, along with, you know, being a giver um, and not a taker. so. I I grew up poor. Like uh, you know, my uh my, my parents when when I was growing up, like we we, we lived in a house, the rent was like $70. Now it wasn't the 70s and the 80s, but still a 70 dollar rental isn't that much. Um our monthly income most months was like three, four hundred bucks. Uh, you know, we did a lot of things to make money. Uh,
0: delivering phone books, which you know, that's kind of funny now. I haven't seen a phone book in a while. When's the last time you saw one?
1: A few years ago, we haven't delivered at the office, which makes no sense to me. But uh, I saw one then, and then that was probably the last time. But yeah, you know, I, I wasn't given anything in life. I had to go out, figure out what I wanted to do, and go get it, and um. I think that gave me, I I consider my superpower to be persistence. I don't give up.
0: I I just want to mention, I'm 10 years younger than you, and I went a little bit different of a path. My audience knows I went to Mexico when I was 18, but the sales, the business side of it, same exact story almost. You can swap you and, and me out. And for many, many years, I was kind of just stuck. Now, part of that was because we were in the Great Recession and it was hard to find good jobs at that time. The other part was I just couldn't find the mentors or the leaders to help me break through to the next level. And when I finally did, you know, that's where the floodgates opened. You know, all my life, I always dreamed like, hey, you know, if I could just make 100K, I'm made for life, you know? And then I hit 100K. I'm like, what? Like this ain't not it, you know, and then it's like, you, you know, you get the three, four hundred K and then you're like, okay, okay. You know, and then once you get the last, you want to keep moving, moving up and, but it takes a while. And you have to break through a lot of barriers, fighting tooth and nail. Very few people are lucky to where those things are given to them. It's, it's done by the individual and the individual successes of fighting for those results to be able to move up the ladder, but they are possible. I think you and I are both living proof of that. Great points too. I mean,
1: the ability to overcome is something that's often overlooked by people who kind of are voyeurs and look at your life. You know, I don't know about you, but I hear a lot. I wish I had your life or I wish I had your life for one day. And I, I always, I always say to my wife, if not to them, do I get to pick the day? Cause if I pick the day, you ain't gonna like it. Right. Um, there is, there is something to be said for success and how people get there. Um, and you mentioned, you know, having mentors and people that you look up to. I was fortunate, even though, you know, I grew up poor and I, and I, and I overcame a lot as a child. I, I had a couple of teachers in high school that saw something in me and they were always very, um, positive in terms of, telling me that I can
0: accomplish stuff. And I, I, I never really had that. I didn't have that in high school. I was ended up being a high school dropout. I got my GED, which I believe it or not, I got my GED actually a month before my class actually graduated, which was insane. Um, As soon as I turned 18, I got the GED. It was like uh, May 7th uh, is my birthday. So like two weeks later was a test. I went for it and passed it easily. So I got my GED and then went to Mexico and and just built my way up. I only went to college after uh, at the end of the Great Recession, um, which was part of the hardest times of my life. I'm living in Mexico, commuting every day to San Diego for work uh, and then studying four or five, six courses at a time uh, with Penn State's World Campus. Uh, But I did the sacrifices. You know, we didn't have a social life for a couple of years. It was very, very, very hard. But between that and the mentorship I got in between, it really got a high school dropout to being, you know, the VP of business development in a nearly billion dollar company globally.
1: Yeah. And, you know, you think about all the things that you endured and overcame on a consistent basis. Um, that's where, that's where things are built. Like in, in my mind, you know, I know there's people that are going to be watching. There's people that watch me. I'm sure people that watch you the same way. And they want to find the secret. And the secret is like the gritty, the the, the nitty gritty that people want to like to talk about the heart, like the hard stuff.
0: They think of the secret as far as the, the secret of you dream it and you desire it and it comes to you. They don't think of it as the secret of, uh, and I do believe that in that a little bit, but it, the other half of it is you have to work towards it. You just can't dream it and think of it to happen. You know what I mean? It would be great
1: if it would, but yeah, you, you definitely have to have the dream and you have to, you know, create that uh, mindset that you deserve it, but you also have to go do the work to deserve it. Like I, I have this dream and this mindset that I want to look like the rock. The problem is, I don't spend the time in the gym um, to look like him. So I'm missing that piece of it, that nitty gritty of him doing the work to get to where he is. Uh, And I I post a meme like that probably once, once a year because it gets tons of engagement, Uh, you know, and like in my mind, I want to look like the rock. Well, that's every entrepreneur, like in their mind, they want to be Jeff Bezos uh, or they want to be Elon or whoever that is that they think has reached the pinnacle. And what they don't realize is, you know, Jeff Bezos took a big, big risk and he talked other people into taking big, big risks with him. And his stuff was on the line. Like it was on the line and he had to do something. And, you know, back in the uh, late nineties, when Amazon came on the scene, because that's what they called it at first, uh, they were booksellers. I can remember going to Joseph A. Beth and all the other booksellers thinking this guy's gonna really make money selling books, right? And now Amazon is also, it also means shopping. Like, hey, uh, can you get, this? yeah, exactly. They, they, you know, my wife will say, can you Amazon this? I know what she means when she says, can you Amazon this? You know what I mean? AWS, like you mentioned, like they they are a tech provider to many, many spaces that people don't even think about, know about. Um, Netflix had an outage. Do you know why Netflix had an outage? Because AWS had an issue. And AWS is one of the hosts for, you know, Netflix library. Um, Recently, crazy, crazy thing happened. Google had an outage with one of their servers. And, um, you know, we, we host Microsoft
0: just had it, uh, last week as well. People take chances to get where they're at and those chances sometimes don't work out. One question I want to ask you, and this, I, it's kind of off topic, but kind of not one of those gray area questions. I, I just want your thoughts on this, hearing everything I've heard from you. Do you think it's possible to be an entrepreneur, but yet you're still working for a company? Wow. I thought we were going to do non controversial topics. Um, <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'd love to hear your feedback. I, I go back and forth. So, any, anybody
1: that's doing it currently, I, I'm not going to rain on your party and say no. That's not what I'm going to do. But here's what I am going to say I, I look at all the businesses that I've started and been involved with, and the ones that had success, and there was, a, there was some that had no, no or limited success burn, burn to the ground, whatever you want to call it. Kind of like this podcast, but yeah, I think this podcast is going great. Um, I think if you go back to, um, and, and I'm trying to think of, of, uh, the exact war, my, my mind is failing me, but we get the term, burn the boats, burn the ships. Right. Um, when basically the, uh, the Admiral talked to all his guys into storming the beach And as they are, he's setting the ships on fire. So they have no place to go. They can only go forward. And, you know, you can have a side hustle. You can build something. um, But if you want to take it to where it's going to be life-changing for someone, make an impact, uh, create legacy, those types of things, I think – you have to go all in. If you watch shark tank at all, one of my favorite shows,
0: I like the Australian version better.
1: I, I seen, I, I I feel real dumb when I listen to Australian or English people speak because they had, they sound so awesome. And I'm like, man, I wish, I wish I could sound like that. I'll have to check out the Australian. I've heard people say that, uh, but I, like, I'm a big fan of Mark Cuban and what he's done and how he's done. it. I mean, the guy made money selling trash bags, you know? So there, there's something there to his success, but if you watch and listen to these investors who hear great ideas all the time, one of the biggest questions that they ask is finding out if they have another job. And a lot of times they'll contingent, they'll put their investment on a contingent of them quitting that job. Why is that? Because they want them all in. And I'm not saying that someone who, um, Created something, built something, has something working, and they have another job. Isn't all in on that other thing?
0: You're serving two masters. Like in my specific scenario, this is where I look at it. You know, we're uh, we're not a billion, but probably about seven eight hundred million in revenue, about uh, almost eight thousand employees globally. But I am the U.S. slash North America VP of Biz Dev for the small to mid sized market area uh, for ERP sales, and I view that i'm an entrepreneur one because of my comp plan and the way that i get comped off of um you know our specific metrics for growth because i am in charge of growing the business and you have to have an entrepreneur mindset in order to be able to grow the business with what i'm doing for this company so that's where i get to in my mind like i could be out doing this on my own uh, and You know, but why, if I can get behind one of the number, literally the number one SAP partner globally, if I could work for them and do essentially what I would be doing on my own, but behind them and build up that practice and still get a slice of the pie at the end of the day. There's a lot
1: to be said for entrepreneurs as much as entrepreneurs. I mean, uh, you know, the the role that you have is responsible for creating revenue, (laughs) That's like the role of a business owner, entrepreneur, like what whatever that is. It's
0: almost like a chief revenue officer type role in a way. Yes. And and you have a team that
1: both works with you and then you have a team that you're working for um to to achieve those goals. So I mean, there isn't there isn't tons of difference. I, I think the the difference comes down to um where you've started, where you're trying to get, and then what goals you have in life. I mean, everybody's path is going to be different. Um, I was talking to someone yesterday that, um, is an investment opportunity in a small business that, that I may take on. And the conversation that I had with him was two questions, like, where do you want to be in two to five years? And he doesn't know. (laughs) And, um, what's, what's your plan long-term for this business? And he doesn't know. So I said, go back and figure that out. And then we'll talk about it because not knowing where you want to be, not knowing what your goals are. Like that isn't an entrepreneur either.
0: That's, that's not. No, I have my five year and my 10 year plan. And um, I've pretty much achieved my last five year and 10 year plans. I'm at where I, you know, dreamt I would be, Um, maybe not exactly, exactly, but I'd say within 95% of it, of where I wanted to be. And it's, you know, for me, it's been incredible growth. And if I keep Having success, but also failures, because if I don't fail, then I'm not going to learn new things. So I have right. to fail, too. But yeah. if I don't keep having the success that allows me to maintain my job, you have to have more successes than failures. That is yeah. one key thing. <laughs> uh, but uh, if I keep successful, we're will be five, 10 years from now. You know, whether it's within this same organization with different role or whether it's uh, something bigger and better, you know, it's my personal career path like I have those goals kind of set up and defined where I want to be in life, what position it may end up being, you know, I'm a little bit flexible with the 10 year plan. Maybe I do want to just own my own business 10 years from now. Um, You know, but I know where I want to be income wise and year by year, I I'm slowly getting up there. I
1: think going back to your, your question though, the word that comes to mind to me the most that, uh, Determines where you need to be in life is purpose. Understanding what your purpose is. And are you in pursuit of that purpose? You you can work for someone else or you can work for yourself and have the same purpose. Like you don't, you don't have to uh, to be an entrepreneur, you don't have to be an employee, you don't you don't have to be something to have a purpose. Your purpose can be defined by what it is you've been put on this earth to do and then pursue that. And a lot of times the reason why people are doing two or three things is they haven't figured out what their purpose is.
0: It took me a while to figure out my purpose and then find my industry and find my path in life. But once I, I found it, it was just like everything just magically clicked. And I started really kicking major butt in every metric and aspect aspect of the business, like, I've never done before in my life. It's like everything I did in life led me up to where I ended up in the ERP industry. So that's where, you know, when it clicks, you know that you, you found your purpose.
1: And I think, you know, the other piece of it is, is, you know, when we, we have goals, a lot of times our goals are around money and money is great. Don't get me wrong, but you know, the, the altruistic goals that we should have are about, What we do to others and 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 how we impact others just as much as how much money we make. You know, I I have a team that works for me. We have about nine ish ten. I think we have somebody starting this week, so ten employees uh, that work for us. And my number one goal is to create great leaders first, then to create um create a, a a ramp for them to be able to achieve their goals. So give them the opportunity to be able to achieve the goals that they want to achieve so that then they're satisfied, they're on point for purpose, and we can take care of our customers in a way to where we are uh, giving them what they want because everybody has a fulfillment or or a sense of fulfillment based upon the opportunities that I create for them as well as help to develop them
0: um, into the people that they want to become, and I think that's critical. Offering that career path, you know, letting them know, like, hey, this is not a dead end job. If you want someone to work or full as, uh, you know, you kind of have to dangle a carrot. And when I say dangle a carrot, I don't mean that in a bad way, like something that they'll never achieve. Be like, hey, you know, where do you want to be? Where do you want to be? Dangle that carrot, and then, okay, if you want to get to that level, it's going to maybe. You're two years away, okay, to be truthful. And you're going to need to hit this, 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 and this metric that you're going to have to master over the next two years. I'll help you. I'll help, you know, get down in the trenches, help you learn it, teach it to you, okay? But you've got to own it and do the the nitty gritty hard work to reach that achievement. And I'll get you that career growth. That's how I handle it. Is that how you would handle it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's uh, there's give and take on both sides and uh, you know, it's our job as employers to make sure that we're picking the right people for our team. Uh, and then when we pick them uh, it's our, it's then our job to uh, give them the ramp to opportunity. I, uh, I talk to, I talk to business owners every single day and they always have two problems and they're always around people, not enough customers and not, not the right employees. And it's never their fault. Now, let me tell you something. It is absolutely your fault, right? It is absolutely your fault. If you don't take on the responsibility to give people a ramp for opportunity and then help them achieve what they want to achieve, they are not going to help you achieve what you want to achieve. The best story around that, if you look at one of the best businesses in the U.S. is Chick-fil-A. Are they in
0: the business of providing chicken or are they in the business of serving people? I would say that they're more of a customer service orientated business, even In-N-Out. I I miss In-N-Out from L.A. Shout out to In-N-Out and San Diego. But, uh, you know, I miss In-N-Out. I mean, those people work so hard and they're paid relatively well compared to industry standards at least they used to be they used to pay a couple bucks more than anybody else well i saw
1: a sign uh inside of chick-fil-a they were looking for you know they call them team members which they are uh and uh giving giving people the opportunity if they stay with that company and they perform it says within four years uh, total compensation of $100,000 a year. That's incredible from a place like Chick-fil-A. Right? Fast food restaurant. Um, but they're serving people. They're serving people. They're serving their employees and they're serving customers. And um, I think there's a lot to learn from that. Regardless if you agree with their politics or anything else, like what are they doing right? And it's they're serving people. And at the end of the day, as, as a business owner, we. Are serving people. We are serving customers and we are serving employees. And along that vein, um, I take that approach that, that you'll hear a lot of people say, you know, uh, hire slow, fire fast. I take that approach with customers just as much as I
0: do with team members. That, that, that's actually an important topic. A lot of businesses operate out of fear and are afraid to fire a bad customer. We took
1: on a customer at the end of uh, the year and um smaller business they're not doing um you know anything crazy but they they take care of their family but mm-hmm. they hired us because they want to they they want to get to a certain level and um we we had our you know we we got through a setup period and then we had our first call like a week ago and um the call that call was totally different than the sales process that I that I went through with this company um they had totally kind of revert it to a blame everyone else for all of their problems. And we're just, we're just trying to get them fixed. Like we're trying to get everything fixed for them, but there is no uh, acceptance of responsibility. And so to fix some of this stuff, we have to change them a little bit. And, um, you know, I hate firing customers, but they have a homework. At, Uh, exercise to come back to us where we got to figure out like, is this a good fit or not? Because there's no reason to start a relationship that isn't a good fit. Partnership for both sides. Absolutely. And um, you, you have to be, and you, and you made a really, really good point. And it's exactly that you can't be scared. You cannot be scared and let that fear make you take on customers. I can remember businesses to where I was, I was handcuffed, to fear, and had to add customers, just carte blanche. Everybody that would hire us, I wanted to take them. And I remember the back end of that always being messy, and the relationship always, always being messy, and we had to jump through hoops, and we had to chase money. And it was just really, really hard. And, and when I sold that business, I made a commitment to myself, I'm never going to have a customer hire us out of fear, my fear. And I'm never going to keep a
0: customer that disrespects. That is very, very important, and uh, it's also hard to abide by. You know, especially if you're trying to ramp up. And if you're in a service business, and you don't have that as as a front end
1: principle, you're going to have a lot of chaos, a lot of headache, and a lot of mess. Um, the money isn't worth the mess. It just isn't. And uh, you have to define for you and your company, you know, what your
0: mission is. It's just a a giant time suck, you know, as far as how much time you're going to invest, what's your true ROI on that dealing with all the headaches. Do you really want to, you know, spend your time doing that? Or would you rather be doing some more revenue driving activities? Uh, Anyways, uh, we do got to start wrapping up. Why don't you spend like the next minute or two, Gary, tell us about your business Tell us uh, what you specialize in and tell us how we can find out more about you, because you obviously showcase your stuff. You know your stuff, my man. You're amazing. So tell us all about you.
1: Thanks, man. So uh, I own a digital marketing agency that caters to the home service industry. Um, Any type of company that as a homeowner or property owner you would hire, those are our customers. Carpet cleaners, junk removal, pressure washing, window cleaners, the list goes on and on. Uh, we help them with search and social. So being found and being present. Uh, and we build out marketing, sales and marketing uh, campaigns to help them grow their business. Our uh, specialty is taking startups and getting them to seven figures plus in a relatively short time. Um, I can be found on Facebook. That's the best place to find me Facebook.com forward slash Gary Guyman. Uh, our website, um, DMNApartners.com. Dominate Partners, um, as as a friend of mine says, uh, DMNA, Dominate like the license plate. Uh, DMNAPartners.com is our website. You can find out more information about us there. But Facebook is where I'm at. I post probably five, six, seven, eight times a day with some type of nugget, hopefully, and a lot of funny stuff as well. Um, but if you have questions, like to reach out, hit me up on Facebook. We'd love to talk to you. And uh, hopefully uh, this brings you some kind of value. And uh, we've spent some time giving you something you can take
0: away. Uh, Well, this was an awesome discussion. I thank you so much. Remember everybody out there, we're going to have the link down below to Gary's website and uh, we'll throw his Facebook on there as well too. Gary, my man, thank you so much for coming on. This was an amazing chat. Appreciate it, man. You have a good one. You too. Cheers. Oh, wow. That was such a great chat with Gary. I love talking with people like him, but first y'all know the routine. If you found this interview helpful, if it sparked those warm and fuzzies, do me a favor, hit that like button, smash that subscribe button. But if you really want to help us out, because you know Biz is the greatest kept secret in the world of small business, please share us out to your friends, your colleague, your family, wherever you dwell on the interweb, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Minds, Macedon, whatever it is, I don't care, share it out because you can help. People grow. The information Gary shared with us might be some of the missing information that one of your friends, colleagues, or family members need to help get to the next level. Because this show is all about the three G's personal growth, professional growth, and business growth. So please hit like, hit subscribe, and share this out on the web. Now let's get back to the real rock star of this show, Mr. Gary Guyman. Like I said, that was an awesome chat with Gary. People like Gary, I truly love. I adore Gary. Gary, I adore you. Why? Because you remind me of me. And I mean that in a good way, actually. People like Gary and I, we thrive off of helping small businesses grow and break through barriers preventing growth. That is so hard to do, and it's not always easy. Now, we both do it in different ways. I, as the VP of Sador for business development, I mean, I help businesses grow through automating business processes, you know, so that you're not just stuck in QuickBooks using Excel sheets that you can automate some of those mundane tasks. But I also... You know, handle sales, I, I help with marketing, I do biz dev and evangelism, all that stuff. And that's kind of where Gary and my path cross realistically, because that's where he helps businesses succeed through the marketing, through the leadership through, you know, his 30 years of experience as a business owner and, you know, being a serial entrepreneur, too, because that that's a lot there. A lot of people have owned one business and they're like, oh, I'm a business expert now. And yeah, you are an expert. But if you've owned several businesses and they don't all have to be successful, you know, you can fail at some and win at others. But being a serial entrepreneur is a different level than someone that just opened one single business and remember when you're trying to help companies grow okay and you're trying to help them break through those barriers that are preventing growth sometimes you're gonna have to be a disruptor because changing the mold the way that that business or the people in that business think it's hard to break sometimes they're set in their ways. Oh, I've been using the same system for 40 years, you know, and you've got to get them thinking a new way. But the key is, is to have the buy-in from the top leadership all the way down into what you're doing. And then, Holding them accountable to make sure that you're moving towards that goal of change, um, you know, and really dominating the market that you're working in. Because if you don't, you're not going to be successful, especially in one of Gary's specialties of uh, social selling. So anyways, awesome stuff, Gary. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing about your goals of helping small businesses dominate in their marketplace. Question of the day. Do you just go to any business coach or do you prefer somebody that is like Gary? Someone that's a serial entrepreneur, a lot of experience, different businesses, ups, downs, all that type of stuff. Who would you rather be coached by? Please leave a comment down below on YouTube. You want to be on the show Right now, we're in season six, but we're casting for season seven. Interviews at sharkbitebiz.com. Remember, if you're watching on YouTube, join the channel. It's only three bucks a month, okay? You get to become a baby shark or... You can do the super thanks button, the little heart with the dollar sign, a dollar, $20, whatever you can help. You know, every penny I put back into this show, this show is not for me to make money. It's to help people learn with me as I talk with these amazing guests like Gary. Also, remember, a quick shout out to our amazing sponsor, SAP Platinum Partner, Sador. That's S-E-I-D-O-R. Check out their website, Sador.com. Okay, if you're on QuickBooks, you need to get to the next level up, automate your processes, get your whole business into one ecosystem. Give Sador a call. We'll help you out. You all know this by now, but I'll share it once again. I'm David Strasser. This is Shark Bite Biz. We'll see you all next episode. Cheers.